Well, hello, Bible Love listeners. Welcome back. Um, it is the middle of May, and it's a busy time. Uh, graduations, recitals, end of su- end of the school year, and we thought we would come today um, to you all with a prayer for the summer. So the Lord be with you. And also with you. Come summer with me, Lord. Summer deep down in my soul. Restore my faith in summer times. In rest and joy and play in you. Summer in my heart, Lord, and dwell there. As if time would never end. As if all time were children's time. Eternal time when school is always out and joy is ever in. And let others summer in my shade, Lord, and share whatever summer's peace is mine to give. Whatever summer's light is mine to shed. Whatever summer's warmth is mine to share. Good God of every season and every day this week, come summer with me, Lord, and let the child in my heart spend this summer in your love. Amen. So we wrapped up Second Kings last week, and normally this week we have a special guest to come in and talk about what Scripture means in their life, and just to take a breather um, between books of the Bible, which we're going to do, and we'll get to what's coming next. But we also, coming to um, the end of the summer, we've been doing this year and a half or so, Mary Balfour. And so we also wanted to use this as an opportunity instead of having a special guest for you and I to talk about the role scripture plays in our life, how that's changed over these last 18 months, things like that. So this is a little bit of a different episode. Yeah, it is. And I think it's fun to do. I mean, we started this in October, 2020. We started with Genesis and we just finished second Kings. Um, so we've been slow. We've been intentional. We've had a lot of wonderful guests. Um, we've really gotten to dive, dive in and, you know, Alan for me and, and I hope you'll share too. Like I just feel so much more knowledgeable, so much more understand to have so much more understanding, but also like, I can relate so much more to the people in the Bible because so much of that continues to happen today. Um, and so this has been a wonderful opportunity for me. And I also hear all the time from friends and parishioners that how much they've enjoyed it and how much scripture has become a little bit more alive in their lives, um, which has been great. What about you? What, what, what's your experience been like other than the fact that you get to hang out with me every Monday morning? Sure, sure. Um, (laughs) No, it's been great. A couple things I've been thinking about is, um, you know, so much of my engagement with Scripture is based around the lectionary because I'm preaching. And so the Scripture I read last week was, you know, Acts, Psalms, Revelation, and John. No Hebrew Bible in there. Four different parts of Scripture that all have maybe some theme in common, but it's not the big story. And so, um, you know, before I was preaching every week, I think I was better about just reading the Bible as a story. 
now work gets in the way. Um, and so this has forced me, enabled me to start at Genesis one, one and spend a year and a half and get to, you know, second Kings 25 or whatever and see the whole thing. And so then, you know, back to the lectionary, there's parts of it. We don't meant, we don't cover on Sundays. And so there's scripture that I've read for the first time, maybe ever for at least the first time in a long time. And you get a sense that, yeah, we know that the people of God wandered around in the wilderness or built a golden calf or did those things. But when you have to read all these books together, you realize like that's not a one-off experience for them, Mm -hmm. right? The fact that they don't get it, the fact that they strive for other things, the fact that they get lost, right? We know the big stories just from Sundays and Sunday school. But through this, you see like, no, like, Basically, all the time, we, the people of God, screw up because we want to go our own way. Yeah. What What about your, uh, for me, I've definitely, like, understand more in my own ministry, sort of where the Bible can have um, so much life and meaning and come alive. Have you had some of that as well? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, yeah, there's parts of scripture that like when you really read the Hebrew Bible, the old Testament, you see that it's not the, just the bludgeon that some people use. And, you know, we've talked on here that too often people think, Oh, that's the old Testament God. He's mean and wrathful. And then the new Testament God is, you know, love and grace. But when you read in Leviticus, the care and concern that the people of God were commanded to show for the foreigner and the alien, Right. Like that brings new meaning when Jesus is like telling us to love the stranger. It's not the first time the people of God have been told that. So Jesus, I now can sense frustration. It's like if you read the scriptures, guys, you'll know we're actually supposed to do this. All this intervening time, we've y'all, you know, Jesus saying y'all have screwed it up. And so I'm just here to remind you. But it's not exactly a new or earth-shattering thing when right. Jesus says to love the stranger, because that goes all the way back to all those laws in the Hebrew Bible. And I love that. I feel like for the first time, I've really made the connection with the New Testament and the Old Testament and how often Jesus quotes the history of the Hebrew Bible and quotes the history of the of the people, Right. Um, I mean, I knew I've not always known it was there, but I feel like I've really made that connection. We've also had some amazing guests. I mean, we are so lucky. Um, a lot of your friends, a lot of my friends, a lot of people we didn't know, but we just reached out to and said, we're doing this podcast and we'd love to um, hear your voice. I feel like we've gotten to lift some voices up that are really important to hear. And there's many more to go, which is awesome and great. Um, so I'm, I'm really grateful for that too. So this summer you're going, you're still involved, but talk to us a little bit about, you're going to take a little time off and tell us what you're going to be doing. Yeah. So I've, um, you know, in the midst of recording and all that, I've moved across the country. Um, I've started a new call, done all of this. And so I'm going to use this summer as a chance to step back for a little bit. From like the on-screen portion, I'm still going to, you know, hit the buttons to make everything happen on the back end. Um, but you won't be seeing and hearing me for a couple months talking about scripture. 
mainly because I have nothing to add to the conversations that are going to happen this summer. <laughs> Gary Balfour will talk about that. But I'm going to use this as a chance, um, you know, help my boys get situated. You know, we've moved to a new place that's my hometown, but my boys have never lived here. They were thrown into school and, and all of that, you know, family stuff. Going to invest in some friendships, you know, reconnecting with folks in Texas um, as I've moved back here and just take a breather. I'm not going to hopefully not take a break from scripture. I'm still going to uh, read Mark and inwardly digest the Bible. Hopefully yeah, not gonna, just for my preaching duties, but I'm as gonna a text spiritual you. practice. I'm going to text you on Mondays, even though you won't be with me on Monday mornings. I'm going to text you and be like, now, where are you? Are you keeping up? Um, And so what's going to happen is um, we will pick up with Chronicles um, in early August. Okay. So for the little bit of May that's left in June and July, we're going to do something different. This has been on my heart for a long time. And when Alan said, you know, he wanted to take a little break. I thought, you know, maybe this is just God's way of opening up um, something that I've really wanted to do Um, as a female priest, as someone in ministry. um, I have had a wonderful and delightful ministry, and I hope there's many more years to come. But there have been a lot of women that have supported me in that or have paved the way for that. Like when I went to seminary, it was no big deal for a female to go to seminary, but it has been a big deal for other people. There's a lot of people that have had to pave that way. So for the next eight weeks, we will be doing a special called women in ministry. We have all kinds of wonderful women that are going to be on this show. We have a bishop. We have, um, a clergy spouse. We have a clergy spouse and parent of a clergy. We have several women that were in sort of the first round of women that were ordained. And so they've had a 40 year career as priests and clergy people, but also have raised children and served in all of this way, these different ways. And that we have a priest that has been ordained less than a year And this is sort of a second career for them. We have a priest that is married to another priest and what that feels like. So I'm really excited about um, both the lay and the clergy that are going to be on this. And I'm excited to share their voices with you. Um, The first one um, next week will be the Right Reverend Ann Hodges Cobble, who is the Bishop Suffragan in the Diocese of North Carolina. She was my bishop for a while, and she's agreed um, to be on the podcast. I'm really excited about that. I'm going to have my mom on. My mom is in a really interesting situation. She um, married someone, and 17 years later, he told her he wanted to go to seminary and had to change her whole life while raising children. So she's been a clergy spouse. And then her daughter said, I want to be a priest. So what does that feel like to support people both in married and your child as clergy? Um, And she's done a great job. So I'm excited about all these voices. And it's a big deal for my mom to do this. This is not her cup of tea. So thank you, mom, for doing this. Um, So I'm really excited about the voices and the sharing. It's going to be much more interview type style um, for the next eight weeks. 
um, maybe I'll be a little quieter and they'll, their voices will get to be heard. But, you know, that's going to be hard for me. So probably won't happen. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited about it, Alan. So I think this just worked out perfectly. You wanting to go off camera for um, two months and then God putting this on my heart to lift up women in ministry. And so that's what the summer is going to be about. What do you think? Are you excited about it? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, not just the break, but also, right, you know, I'm a cisgendered, heterosexual white guy, right? Yeah. There's, I'm a dime a dozen. But to hear from voices of folks for whom um, increasingly have a common role in the church, but there's still places where it's not the norm, right? You serve, you know, I used to serve in the same diocese as Mary Balfour. And one of the things that the Bishop Waldo at the time held up is that that was the diocese that had the most female clergy as heads of congregations. And it's still not a huge number. Yeah. Right? But we're working so on So that's, that's good news that, that we're leading the way or upper South Carolina is leading the way, but there's still a long way to go. Um, and to hear from folks, you know, I think back to um, diocesan convention and when I was in the diocese of Texas, we were celebrating the anniversary of the first woman ordained in that diocese. And so they had this whole celebration of um, women, clergy, and the idea was this is what a priest looked like. And so I think about the women who stood up and, you know, some at that point had been priests for 40 plus years and some for less than a year. And they talked about what it means for them. And so I just remember thinking since my boys have been knowledgeable about the Episcopal Church as they've been aware of what's going on. For them, a priest looked like Meredith Hefner, who was my supervisor at field mm -hmm. education. Mm -hmm. For them, a priest look, looks like Beth Fain, who was my mentor, is my mentor, and my first boss as a clergy person. For them, a priest look, looks like Paula Jefferson, who's my mm -hmm. associate. And so... Um, for us to use whatever platform we have here to help tell those stories, to hear about the struggles, right? Because you, everyone accepts you for the most part as a priest and you're a rector and it's no big deal. But we get to talk, you get to talk to some folks for whom it's been a really big deal. Yeah. And there's been sure. hurdles. You face hurdles. Um, maybe not the same that other folks have. Nothing so like they have. That. Yeah, yeah. Nothing right. like they your, have. And your, your hurdles are probably more knuckleheaded stuff for people who right. just... Yes. want to be obstinate for them. Right. It was structural hurdles. I mean, it was breaking through, you know, the stained glass ceiling and absolutely. I am yeah. curious how you're going to bring up things like bodily discharge, yeah, dismemberment right. of people and all these things. Like you just need to like throw in. So we talked yeah. about this one verse. What do you think? Right. I will. I will. No, I promised them that it was going to be much more about their life and not all the craziness of the Bible. Um, and I think that's why I got him to agree. Um, you know, it's interesting. I'm going to tell my age, but I was born in 1977. So I'll be 45 this year. And that was the year that the first women were ordained in the Episcopal Church. So even though this has been going on for 45 years, there was so much of a path to get there. And I even have one person on the podcast um, this summer who went to seminary knowing she could not be ordained, right? And she eventually did get ordained and is a priest actually in this diocese. But can you imagine going and going through all that you go through to become a priest, knowing that you're not even going to be able to be ordained? 
uh, what bravery that took, what courage that took. Um, so I'm, I'm really, really excited about this, not only to introduce you all to some really loving women, lovely women who have God at the center of their lives and everything they do is rooted in their relationship with God. But also just, you know, I get to spend time with eight incredible women who could ask for more. Although I will miss Alan. Um, he stuck with me and we'll come back in August with more. So that's what this summer is going to look like, friends. And we hope you are really, really excited about it. And Alan does all the production side of it. So as, as he said, he's not leaving us on that side. But Alan, I hope it's a great summer filled with lots of fun for you and your boys and friendships and all that good stuff. So, yeah, yeah, the boys and I are working on our bucket list of things we want to do. And, you know, it'll be good. Um, You're going to have fun. I'll actually I've never been great about vacation. And so, uh, despite what my mentors and people have told me, so I'm actually going to try, you know, Sundays are a harder deal. It's hard to take Sundays off. There's a lot, but during the week, one of the blessings of the clergy role, particularly if there's an associate is that vacation can be taken during the week. And during the summer, boys and I can run off and go catch a baseball game in some random stadium somewhere, do whatever. There's hopefully a good year blimp ride coming this summer. There's oh, hopefully like all that's sorts so of fun. Oh, I yeah, love it. It'll be fun. And I'm going to take some time off too. I'm doing something that I have never done before, Alan, and I'm really, really proud of myself. I am taking two Sundays in a row off. What do you think about that? Yeah. Like that's I've awesome. only, only done one at a time. So I'm taking two you, um, Bible love listeners, you know, my family, we have our beloved summer place on the Monteagle Swanee mountain. So I'm going to get two full weeks up there, which I'm thrilled about. So, um, our mentors have instilled in us that it's important to take care of ourselves. And, um, I'm really glad we're getting to do that. So any parting words for the listeners, um, since you're going to be away from them for two months, what do you think, <laughs> Alan? No, no. Um, this has been, you know, we started this in the midst of the pandemic. You, as a parish priest, didn't know how to get formation to your people. And you asked the guy in the diocesan house who knew technology, hey, what do you think? And it's grown into something. And, you know, people in my congregation listen to this now, and they'll talk to me about things. People from my old diocese, your diocese, will text me or whatever. So that's been really great. It's also helped me think about what formation looks like in my congregation now that I'm a parish priest. Mm -hmm. You know, I was thinking, like, I'm not currently teaching, like, a rector's Bible study or anything like that. And then, well, actually, I am. It just gets posted every Thursday. Um, And, you know, this is a great medium. You know, we here at St. Martin's are looking at how podcasts can be used to deliver other types of, of teaching and information. And so this has been great both you know, personally and the engagement with scripture, but also professionally, like thinking, what does it mean to be formed as a Christian? What are the means by which we can be formed in 2022? Um, and also, right, it's, it's still not there yet, but it started to inspire in me again, a desire to be in the word, right? Stuff happens and like, I have to focus on whatever I'm preaching on. And so I can't go read the other stuff, but Right. Like I'm doing these, um, you know, Bible studies that 
get sent. He reads truth. She reads truth. It's a right. company that sends these yes, things. Yes, you know, post, post that. Post yeah, that so people know about it. These. I've got a bunch over there that because I'm way behind and things get in the way, but it's making me think about what are the ways that I can be in the Bible yeah. every day, hopefully every week and finding those. And so it, part of this discipline of reading random parts of scripture that I'd rather maybe skip every week um, has helped me have that desire to, to dive in devotionally. You know, I read scripture professionally now every week, but what are the ways that I can read it devotionally and personally? Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, so much of that. I feel like we and me, you know, just in my personal um, reading have really connected with the Bible in a way that I didn't really know was possible. And then, of course, and I don't mean this in a teasing way. I mean it in the truth. I have one of the dearest friends in my life because of this. So, you know, that's another great gift that's happened. Um, and we'll, we're excited to keep doing it. Alan and I are very committed to this. Even though we're taking a different approach this summer, we want to experience the Bible, not only for you, but for ourselves and for our relationship with God. So a little bit shorter of an episode today, but I think we got out what we wanted to tell y'all. Alan, we will miss you this summer. Thank you for being my partner on this journey. Yeah. And remember, listeners. I'll try to miss y'all. <laughs> you try to miss us. Don't miss us too much. And remember, listeners, we love you, but most importantly, God does. Thank you.